Hey everyone, it's Sabertooth here, and welcome to Floor is Rising, the podcast about NFTs. With me is Kizu. Let's talk about the second artist uh, today that we're going to be talking about from Indonesia, which is uh, Hari Pras, or Hari Madeka. Um, so his style is, or at least subject matter, is very different from uh, Dealer. It's an extremely sort of casual friendly style, and I've also sort of collected a lot of Harry Pross pieces. I mean, how, how would you describe his, his style? It strikes me also as the work of someone who's primarily trained as an illustrator. There's a very strong sense of a comic-based style, basically. It reminds me actually a lot of more contemporary, like North American, American, Canadian, and, and French uh, comic styles from the 90s, early 2000s. Where you know there, there's a there's always a story to be told, and the illustrations are kept quite you know the the lines are quite streamlined. There's not much. It's, it's quite a flat style. There's not much of a kind of a three dimensional feel to it. And then when when artists working in this style take it further, I think that they, they can obviously have deeper meanings or a sense of social narrative to it, social commentary. So I think he seems to be coming from that background. But I think when, so comic artists work in the format of a comic that, you know, whether it's a serial or in, in a book length work. Here, if you take isolated images, I think it's quite difficult to really get a sense of an artist's practice through single images, right? Because I think that the comic medium is based on an entire, it's a continuous stream of, of such images along with the text and the story. Usually their method of, so monetizing the art is, is usually through a completely different medium than, um, say, a, you know, uh, uh, say a painter, right? But you know, in the NFT world, you know, all these different what I would call creative styles is is all sort of on on an almost even playing field. So you've got you've got painters with you know, comic artists, with illustrators, with animators, with programmers. And they're all sort of on the even playing field in the early 90s when, when the UFC was first born, right? And so, you know, for the hundreds of years prior, there was, there was always this, this belief of sort of different martial artists as sort of separate domains, right? You had, you had the boxing boxers sort of box each other and you had the Kung Fu people sort of doing their own thing and the Jiu Jitsu people. And then when the UFC came about, kind of threw all these different martial artists in the same ring, just said, okay, here, go at it, right? <laughs> And then actually a lot of perceptions were sort of shattered as to what happens when you put different martial artists together, like how, what does it look like? What does the fight actually look like? Um, and, and how does it go? And I think it's probably not a perfect metaphor, but I think, you know, in the, in the free market of an NFT world, what happens when you just throw, you know, all these different creatives who are in all sorts of separate fields with not much interaction and you just throw them all together in this NFT marketplace, like what actually happens? Like, like what does the market tell you as to what kind of artists, what kind of art, what kind of creatives are the most sort of valuable, the, the hardest selling? When you put him into sort of the free market of, uh, of NFTs, I see that his works are just selling sort of much better <laughs> than a lot of artists that I think, uh, if you look at their works, might be sort of classically more acceptable i like the ufc comparison. <laughs> i think it's it was unexpected martial arts yeah makes more mma um <laughs> i think that's, uh, it, i mean i it was hard to 
once I had that image in my mind, it was hard to get it out. But does the fact that working in the NFT space, does that change you know, your practice? Does that change the way you, you do your art? And funnily enough, I see that happening to artists, but not in the way that the medium is changing. I see that happening to artists in the sense that the community of artists that they're operating in is, is changing them. He has some simple animation, but I can see that going into the future, that the kind of animations that he's going to do is going to become more and more complex. And I see this among other artists, that this is a direct effect of being part of this NFT community where you're not only are you uh, an artist that is just sort of selling your work, but you're an active participant in collecting other artists' work as well. And a lot of artists are, are looking at the marketplace going, oh, like, like these animations artists are like selling my hotcakes. What if I you know, could learn this skill and add it to my existing practice and maybe animate some of my style and add the animation? You know, wouldn't that make you know, what I do maybe better selling it? Japan being a very big producer of animated films. And, you know, these creators are, are the top ones like Miyazaki, Hayao. And he has a huge following and, you know, people follow his work and they buy the collectibles that are associated with it. And the artists or the creators behind these animated series or franchise, they're, you know, they're, they're considered Japan's top creators and artists. And oftentimes what's most valuable in the so-called art market in relation to them is the cell drawing. So that's an original drawing produced by the animators in the production of, of that film, right? Or that series. And it's, it's analogous to the, the comic thing because obviously, let's say that Harry sells a single drawing as an NFT, right? That's the same thing as Miyazaki selling an original cell drawing from Ponyo or whatever, or Spirited Away, right? And obviously, the, because it's, it's considered an original relic from that product, which is the big film, that's the only thing that collectors can really buy, right? But in terms of the art market that corresponds to that, one is always only buying a, a tiny fragment of that, right? So I think that's a useful analogy. I think obviously the comic book is different because you, you actually can go out and buy the comic book. But in terms of artists like Hari and other illustrator comic style artists, when they engage with the NFT platform, they're kind of obliged to whittle everything down to a single image because that's the kind of context of the, the marketplace, right? But that's not to say that those will not adequately represent their work. The emergence of, of sort of creator tools, you know, the new apps um, and software that's out there now. Um, I think a lot of the animators are able to do in a day what used to take like months basically to do. And I think that will actually change sort of the market and what people are, are capable of, of creating. Uh, and the second one is, I mean, Harry is obviously a very experienced sort of artist. But what I'm interested to see is that what are the new generation of artists that are actually influenced by, by NFTs? So... I mean, when you look at the NFT market now, what you see is a lot of pretty established artists. You know, maybe maybe these guys were. Well, I mean, they were definitely on Instagram for for a long time, uh, and and sort of they've honed their skills for years and years and years, and, and now sort of they moved on to the sort of the NFT marketplaces and, and are sort of interacting with the community and slowly being influenced by other um, NFT artists. What I'm curious to see is how that influences, say, an artist who's at the beginning of their journey and 
who's maybe not committed to a certain style and whether these artists, you know, even set out to do a particular style or whether they become, you know, a, a merger of all the, all the styles or all, all techniques, like maybe instead of this delineation between, you know, an illustrator versus an animator versus a monochrome or generative artist. Maybe, you know, maybe the new style of artist is someone who's all three. I mean, this is, this is a story of mixed martial arts, right? And, and, I have a feeling that this might be the story of the NFT as well. I think one needs to look beyond uh, projects that are NFT native. I think there's going to be a large, a very, a very long tail of artists, and maybe even people who don't really necessarily call would, would call themselves artists, but they would like to engage with this tokenization mechanism as a way to distribute their work in a different you know, format or to reach different um, audiences. It may be that there are many creators that are going to devote, say, 10% of their time to making NFTs. But for the rest of their time, they're, they're doing animated films, they're, you know, they're doing advertising, they're doing commission work for clients, they're making carpets, like deal, whatever it is. There's, there's many possibilities, obviously, for engaging with the platform. And I think that's the beauty of it. But that's it. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see what happens when you throw all of these, you know, practitioners into the same ring and, uh, and see what kind of, you know, art comes out of it. And thank you. That's the uh, end of this episode. And I uh, look forward to hearing you again. Bye-bye.